Hi friends, Gerald Law here. Welcome to the Love Lake Norman podcast. Love Lake Norman is a church in Cornelius, North Carolina, whose mission is to help people find and follow Jesus. You're about to hear a message that will be helpful and hopeful. Our goal is to encourage you to take the next step in your faith. Wherever you are, we want you to know that God has a plan and a purpose for you. Thanks for spending time with us today. We hope you enjoy this message. This is the last week in our series about faith called Road Trip. And the goal of this time together in this series has been to encourage you to take small steps of faith so that you trust more, you live with more peace, and you experience life as an adventure. Now, we can talk about faith in in this room here or this space all day long. I can challenge you and I can encourage you from the scriptures, but your faith is not just meant for where you are right now. It's meant for out there. We do this in here so that we can be more faithful out there. We learn about God here so we can know him and trust him out there. If you only have faith on Sundays, honestly, what what good is it? What good does it do you? What good is it doing the world around you? There are a lot of what we could call Sunday morning Christians who go to church and sing and listen and participate, but when they leave, nothing changes. They step back into life just like everybody else. Faith is meant to be transformational to your whole life. It's like if you had a really cool car and you kept it in your garage like all the time. I told you last week about the car my parents gave my brother and me. It was a 1968 Ford Mustang. It was super fun to drive. My brother went on to later on get a Mazda RX-7 in college, which was also really fun. One of the cars we really liked and we talked about a lot back in the 80s was a Datsun 280ZX. Neither one of us had one of those cars, but my brother and I thought that they were really cool looking uh, vehicles. So my neighbor now, and we've been neighbors for about 15 years, he has a Datsun 280ZX. It's red and it sits in his garage all the time. On very rare occasions, I have seen him do some work on it, but there's one thing I have never seen in 15 years. I've never seen him drive it. I've never seen him pull it out even into the driveway. I see the back of it when his garage door is open. I've never seen him take it out on the road at all. At some point, you start to wonder, what good is it? It's just sitting there. Maybe it's broken beyond repair. Maybe he doesn't want to do the work to get it running. Who really knows? But it just sits there, and I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking, man, my brother and I used to really love that car, and it's, it's not meant to just sit there. It's meant for the open road. Cars are meant to be driven. Just like that car, let me say this about your faith. Your faith is meant for action. This is like the time here that you should spend in the garage. We we work on it, we tweak it, we sometimes, sometimes your faith needs a repair or maybe even a complete overhaul, but faith isn't faith unless it's put to the test. Faith isn't faith unless in the real world, you stress test it and see what load it can bear. It isn't really faith unless you're taking it out on the road for a spin. And if, if you're a Christian, that's the most exciting thing you can do to learn how to trust God in new ways in your life. Jesus was so in tune with this that if you're really going to have faith, if you're really going to grow in your faith, that his followers needed experience. They needed experiences that would challenge them. And so he led them on some wild journeys together. They didn't know it at the time, but it was all so that they could grow in their faith and and not just for for kicks but because jesus knew 
There was a time coming where they would need to have a faith that was tested. And let me just say this, so will you, so will I. Here's how in the book of Luke chapter nine, Jesus did this with his disciples. Check this story out today. When Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He told them, take nothing for the journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt, whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. If people don't welcome you, then leave that town and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. So they set out. They went from village to village, proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. Jesus sent them out on a training mission. He had been doing this work himself and they had been watching, but now he felt that they were ready to level up with their faith, even if they didn't think they were ready yet. He felt they were. And so he did something that, that we don't talk about very often, but it is so unbelievable. It is so outlandish that it's, it is really hard to believe. He gave them the same power and authority that he had. He said, those things you see me do, you're gonna do them too. He, he told them, don't take anything for the journey. Don't take a bag, don't take bread, money, or extra shirt, which actually sounds a lot like what my college son does when he goes places. Wherever you go, you'll find a place there, he said, and stay there until your work is done. If people don't welcome you, leave and shake the dust off of your feet. And so that's what they did. And the things that they learned to be true about this faith that they had placed in Jesus, well, those are things that are true for us too. Not everyone, first of all, will be as excited as you are about your decision to follow Christ. Do it anyway. There's so much I could say about this today. Let me just say this. No, not everyone will respond positively to the message of Jesus. Sometimes we need to be able to simply walk away and be okay with walking away because there will be a pressure to conform your faith to your friends at that point. And when you start to, to shape your faith to fit the people you're around or the places you're in, it stops becoming faith in Jesus and turns into something else. But let me say this too, the people around us are not the enemy. The culture we are in is not the enemy. It's like we think sometimes that the culture around us is what we need to fight against and, and that we have to stand up for Jesus. And if we don't stand up for Jesus, then who will? This is not why Jesus sent his disciples into these towns, to defend him or to stand up for him. Like, like everything is riding on us defending Jesus. Meanwhile, he's saying, like, like I heard Pastor Derwin Gray say once, he's saying, you know I created this whole world, right? Like, you know I died for you, right? You know that I'm in control of the 330 million galaxies that are out there beyond you, and you think you need to defend me. Is our picture of God really that weak? Listen, these disciples were there not to confront people, they were there to win them. They weren't there to accuse people, they were there to offer them a gospel that would set them free. Christians and churches that get upset about the culture or the government taking our rights, we are called to win people in our culture back to him. And that isn't done inside the government or through a lawsuit or a physical or military confrontation. Jesus says that's done through love, through self-sacrifice, and through serving other people and considering them better than ourselves. Nonetheless, he says, 
that not everybody will accept this message. And at that point, it's okay to move on. There's another thing that he shows them here that we need to pick up on too. And it's that God is going to provide everything you need. So trust him. I'm sure for some of them, the temptation was to pack, to get a bag together, to bring everything they thought that they might need on this trip to try to anticipate what was going to happen. But again, Jesus was testing them. He was training them. He wanted them to put their physical needs, even their physical needs in God's hands to see that he would provide for them. What a huge lesson to learn. He was basically saying, I want you to take that worry and turn it into trust. Even when you don't feel like he's going to come through, I want to show you that he will. It's true for us. We spend so much time in life worrying about what's going to come next. If we've saved enough, if we have what we need, if your kids have what what they need, if we'll have enough when we retire. I think in the middle of that, Jesus is saying, don't rob God of his ability to provide for you. Don't rob yourself of the opportunity to trust him and to see him come through in ways that you never thought possible. The the, the power that is in you because of Jesus is stronger than you know. Use it. There's immense power in your faith. You have a power grid to tap into that is stronger than you know, and God wants to work through you. Can we just try to appreciate that for a minute to understand it? God wants to work through you to accomplish his will on this earth. And his will is that all men, women, and children choose to accept his love for them and step into a relationship with him and surrender themselves fully to him. You know, it would have been easier for them to stay home, right? It would have been easier for these guys if they just decided to stick around, to stay close and to not venture out. But I'm not sure it's really possible to follow Jesus and play it safe. I'm not sure you can really follow in his footsteps and experience what he invites you into to feel the thrill of trusting him and seeing him come through if you just stay inside, if you just keep that faith in the garage. You know, you tinker on it every once in a while, but you don't take it out for a spin. And if you don't take it out for a spin, what's all this really for? Jesus is saying, I've given you everything you need for your faith to grow. Everything you need already, you have. Take a step and see if God will provide for you. Take a step and see what I'll do through you. Take a step and see how much I'll grow you up into the person I want you to be. What's that mean? You can pray and you can know that God hears you. You can pray for healing in a sick person and know that God's will is ultimate healing. Will he choose to heal in that given moment? He may. You can know that if you're inviting him to walk with you, that he is there. And you can trust that when it feels like you don't have enough for the journey ahead, that he will provide everything you need. And you'll be able to watch him do it. And so they do this and they come back and they report to Jesus what they had done. And Jesus was excited for them that they had leveled up with their faith. And then he took them with him to withdraw to a town called Bethsaida, But people figured out that they were there and they followed them and and he taught them. He began to heal them. And then once again, there was another test. There were 5,000 people gathered around, a a lot of people. They got hungry and the disciples are like, hey, send them away, Jesus, so they can find food in the town nearby. But Jesus is like, hey, you give them something to eat. And they say, well, we, we have only five loaves of bread. We have two fish. And do you want us to go buy food for them? 
And I think at that point, Jesus is thinking, you just went out and performed miracles yourselves. You trusted God and he provided, did he not? And you don't trust that he can do this? But he didn't say that out loud. He just told them, sit the people down. And he took the bread and he, he had the fish and he blessed it and then they started giving it out and it just kept going and going and going until everyone was fed and they even picked up the extra food that was left. It was a crazy, amazing miracle. The disciples and Jesus then retreat again and Luke says that, that when Jesus was praying in private and his disciples were with him, he asked them, who do the crowds say that I am? And they replied, some say John the Baptist and others say Elijah and still others that one of the prophets of long ago has come back to life. But what about you? He asked, who do you say that I am? Peter answered, God's Messiah. So, so, so let's back up and say one thing. The actions of faith come out of clarity of belief. It's not enough to just go and do good things. It's not enough to just have faith in some higher power or something like the force out there. Jesus questions to the disciple. It is absolutely essential, that question, who do you say that I am? And Peter's the one who answers correctly. You are God's Messiah. A correct belief in Jesus is the fuel and the foundation of our faith. And so then he says these incredibly powerful words that we need to hear. He says, look, he says, some of you think that this is gonna be a coronation of a king. It isn't. I'm not going to Jerusalem to overthrow the king, guys. I'm going there to suffer. I'm going to be rejected by the religious leaders, the chief priests. I'm going there to be killed. And I want you to let that sink in. But three days later, he said, I'm gonna be raised to life. He says that to them, but the disciples seem to have forgotten those words later on, but he, he shoots straight with them. This isn't gonna be easy. Faith in me is not for the faint of heart, but it's going to be worth it. And then he says these incredible words, and in it, he answers the question, why? Why is this so important? He says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? You wanna be a follower of Jesus, you wanna be his disciple, you have to do what he invited everyone he came into contact with to do, follow him. And that's gonna involve something that's gonna take some sacrifice. He says this phrase, take up your cross. And remember, of course, this was before his crucifixion that Jesus was talking about a cross, but they had all seen crucifixions before. They knew what the cross was about. And he was saying, you will have to die to yourself every single day. It's about putting what God wants above what you may want. If you wanna be a disciple, if you wanna be more than just a garage kept Christian, you will need to put me first in your life. And then, as if he's anticipating the question, why, he tells us why. For whoever wants to save your life 
You're gonna lose it, but if you wanna lose your life for me, then you're gonna save it. What good is it for someone, he says, to gain the whole world and yet lose their very self? If you live only for yourself, for your pleasure, for your financial benefit, doing things that you set out to do with no concern about letting God in your life, Jesus is saying the very thing you want, you will lose. But if you give yourself up to me, he says, you will gain what you want and so much more. And then he declares the reality of the situation. What good does it do to gain everything when you give up your soul forever and end up in a godless place for all of eternity? So step out in faith, trust Jesus, look for ways to share him with the people around you, ask him to provide, to work, to move in incredible and miraculous ways around you. Trust him more than you trust in yourself. Put your faith into action and see what happens. Your faith is meant for action. I wanna give you an opportunity to place your faith in Christ today and you can start right here, right now and it's very simple. It doesn't take a lot of hoops to jump through. It's a response to Jesus' simple invitation to follow him. You don't have to have your life together. He's not worried about that. You don't have to learn more or know more than you do right now. You simply have to say to Jesus, I trust you. I accept what you did on the cross for me. And in fact, it's as simple as this, the word accept. I accept that when you died on the cross, you did that for me. And in doing so, you built a bridge back to God for me to cross over. That my sin caused a divide, but on the cross, you bridged it back and I accept that. And then the word believe. I believe that you are God himself who came, who walked this earth, who was crucified and then rose from the dead. And then the word confess. I confess that without you, I am sinful and I'm lost. And I confess that I need you to make life work. And I confess that today, I'm putting my trust in you alone for my salvation and for my life. And you can pray that prayer right now. And, and if you do that today, I, here's what I wanna do. I wanna invite you to go to our connection card at our website, lovelkn.org, and you can let us know right there. Please do that. Right now, I wanna invite you to pray with me. And if you wanna pray that prayer today along with me, I invite you to do that. God, I accept that you died on the cross for me. I accept that apart from you, I can't make this life work. It's only through you that I can make this life meaningful, that this life can be meaningful. And I accept that apart from you, I can do nothing to save myself. I also wanna say this, God, that I believe in you. I believe that the cross is my bridge back to God, that my sin created this grand canyon of space that I could never bridge over by my actions, by trying harder, by being better, that God, without you, I'm lost and alone. But because of the cross, I believe, I believe that you invited me into a relationship with you and you spanned that gap. And finally, God, I confess. I confess that um, I'm a sinner in need of a savior. I confess that I need you in my life. I confess that you are Lord and that I believe that you died on a cross for me and that you want to live with me and walk with me and see my faith grow into this incredible adventure with you. I pray all these things, trusting in your name, and I pray in the name of Jesus. 
Amen. Thanks again for listening. You can find out more about Love Lake Norman at lovelkn.org. If you live in our area, we would love to have you join us on Sunday. If you're not near our church, we want to encourage you to find a life-giving church to be a part of where you live. That will be a key next step on your spiritual journey. Please take a minute, subscribe to this podcast, and keep up to date with our weekly messages. And thanks again for joining the Love Lake Norman podcast.